Welcome, welcome again to the Urantia Radio Podcast. My name is Jim Watkins, longtime reader, and I share this podcast with you because I want to share the Urantia Revelation to everyone. And since I've been reading it for so darn many years, I thought, well, I might as well share some of what I know for people who may not be familiar with this revelation. And so here I am. And on this episode, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is the inner mind, the inner mind. That's fascinating, isn't it? Because that's where prayer and worship and value assessment, uh, personal growth, all of that takes place in the inner world. Our creativity originates in the inner world. You think about that? Is your mind just simply on autopilot or are you an active uh, participant? And that's one of the things that the Urantia book goes into to great detail. There's chapters upon chapters dedicated to helping us understand what the mind really is. And I started thinking about this because I was thinking about doing a, a podcast on prayer. It occurs to me that a lot of people may not be, um, they, don't, they don't know how to pray. Or they don't know what the mechanism of prayer is. They don't know what it does. Uh, and I'll be the first to admit that I, I could probably always pray more. Uh, I say this because when I do take a moment out of my day to pray, I always feel spiritually refreshed, don't you? When you do have those moments where you just stop and you take a moment to sort of take it in, don't you feel spiritually refreshed after you do that? If it's spontaneous, yes, right? Spontaneous prayer to me is really the, the, the desire of the soul reaching out. When I truly submit and conceive of the grandeur that is God's creation, when I try to tap into my consciousness so that I can connect up to that spark of infinity that's somewhere in the citadel of my mind, Sometimes, not always, I do actually feel like I make some contact. And, you know, I, I, I'll never find the words to describe the experience, but if you've had the experience, you know what it is. You, you probably have had that experience. You know, there was never a time when I don't think I, I didn't think I could talk to God, something that as far back as I could remember, try to touch his mind with my own. And I remember having those ego conversations when I was young. Did you have those? So I don't have that experience of, of being alone, disconnected. Except, of course, when I have my emotions, which are making me angry or making me feel sorry for myself or down and out or overwhelmed. Or when I'm stirred up with politics or whatever it is. The outside world, when it comes in, it sort of fills... It, it fills that void where I might feel alone. But today I, I examine and I notice with young people particularly, they're not comfortable with being alone. They don't like that feeling of being disconnected. You know, silence, not having a phone to look at or not having some sort of external stimuli. It, it takes a little bit of effort to calm the mind. Again, the inner life takes place. And so the Urantia book really puts forth a lot of uh, information about the inner life. What happens in our mind? What do we do? What is our mind for? 
It's not just a, a computer that runs on autopilot. If you think that's what it is, then maybe we should explore a little bit about what the paper says in the Arantia book, paper 111. I'm going to read a few paragraphs to you and, and let them really soak in because these are just, well, let's see what it does to you. So from paper 111, section 1, paragraph 3, we'll just continue to read and I'll give you a moment to sort of take it in. It says, material mind is the arena in which hu human personalities live, are self-conscious, make decisions, choose God or forsake him, eternalize or destroy themselves. Material evolution has provided you a life machine, your body. The Father himself has endowed you with the purest spirit reality known in the universe, into your hands, subject to your own decisions. You've been given mind, and it is by mind that you live or die. It is within this mind and with this mind that you make those moral decisions which enable you to achieve connection with God. Mortal mind is a temporary intellect system loaned to human beings for use during a, during a material lifetime. And as they use this mind, they are either accepting or rejecting the potential of eternal existence. Mind is about all you have of universe reality that is subject to your will. And the soul will faithfully portray the harvest of the temporal decisions which the mortal self is making. Human consciousness rests gently upon the electrochemical mechanisms below and delicately touches the spirit energy systems above. Of neither of these two systems is the human being ever completely conscious in his mortal life. Therefore must he work in mind of which he is conscious. And it is not so much what mind comprehends as what mind desires to comprehend that ensures survival. It is not so much what mind is like as what mind strives to be like that can constitutes spirit identification. It is not so much that man is conscious of God as that man yearns for God that results in universe ascension. What you are today is not so important as what you are becoming day by day and in eternity. Mind is the cosmic instrument on which the human will can play the discords of destruction or upon which the same human will can bring forth the exquisite melodies of God identification and consequent eternal survival. Mind is your ship. The spirit adjuster of God is your pilot. The human will is the captain. The master of the mortal vessel should have the wisdom to trust the divine pilot to guide the ascending soul into the Marancha harbors of eternal survival. Only by selfishness, slothfulness, and sinfulness can the will of man reject the guidance of such a loving pilot and eventually wreck the mortal career upon the evil shoals of rejected mercy and upon the rocks of embraced sin. With your consent, this faithful pilot will safely carry you across the barriers of time and the handicaps of space to the very source of the divine mind and on beyond, even to the Father in Paradise. 
So those are just a couple of excerpts from paper 111, which goes into the religious experience. And hopefully some of these words ring true with you, and they can help you trust the process of directing your spirit mind or your mind-spirit word towards the spirit that resides in the citadel of your mind. If you go back to some of the earlier podcasts, I believe there's one on soul evolution, and I have a pretty good conversation with Byron Beletso. Some some of you in the Urantia community may have read some of his works. He does a lot of uh, speeches. You'll find them on YouTube. Uh, very, very well thought of man, and he knows a lot about the human soul. You might want to check into him and, and check out the earlier podcast with Byron Belitzos. Anyway, uh, there it is. The mind is your is your ship. It is there for you. And I especially love the line, the the line where he says, it's really the only thing you have in, in, in eternity, your mind. It's the only thing subject to your will. You can't control animals. You can't control your spouse. You can't control your children. You can't control the stock market. You can't even control your appetite. But you can control your mind. That is your true possession. The question is, what are you going to do with your mind? Thanks for joining me on this edition of the Arantia Radio Podcast. Podcast.